Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Coffee and a Book. My name is William Hemsworth, and thank you very much for joining me for this week's episode. I'm excited to have my guest. She's the author of a great new book titled uh, Reclaimed, Overcome Trauma and Gain Healthy Control of Your Life. Now, Shannon McGraw. Shannon, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic. It's a gorgeous day. How are you doing? You know, I'm great. It's a beautiful day here in Tucson as well. The high is like 80 degrees. Perfect. Nice. Can't beat that. <laughs> Absolutely not. Now, your, your, your book, it's, it's very moving. So what made you decide to write this book and why is now the right time? Um, I actually started writing this about five years ago. Um, and because I knew that it was time for me to put together what, you know, the process that I go through and going through the various traumas that I've been, that I've gone and suffered through, um, but also that I've helped others through Hopeful Hearts Ministry. So this is the exact, you know, uh, outline basically that I feel like I've, or directive that I've been given uh, from God in his word with Ephesians 5, 6 through 20. And so when we were all in lockdown, you know, because of the pandemic, um, I literally thought, well, I have the time. Um, I picked it back up, looked at it. Uh, I had been through a divorce since then. So I knew it was time for me to, you know, reevaluate. Um, I had been through much therapy and, and again, through the process that I feel that this is, and I knew that there were others that I could help if I just got this word out. Okay. Now the subtitle of your book, uh, reclaimed is overcome trauma and gain healthy control of your life. What started that journey for you gaining control? Hmm. Well, I, you know, I'm a survivor of abuse, incest and rape, and then, um, you know, and other kind of emotional abuse. Um, my father was an alcoholic in the home and, you know, there's, when you go through various traumas, even if it's just, you know, an illness or that kind of thing that, that disrupts your world, um, it can make you very angry. It can make you, it causes you to react and respond a certain way. And I knew that in being an abuse survivor, one of the biggest things is you feel out of control because somebody has demolished those boundaries. They've, they've taken away your sense of being able to say no and to feel like I have a right to say no. Um, so we all want to have this control. Even if you haven't been through that type of trauma, uh, I think we all as humans want to have some type of control. And so um, I had a point in my life when I was in my late twenties, it's actually, it's about 20 years ago, which is horrible to think that it's been that long now, but um, that I was raising my young kids, you know, I had a two and a half and a one month old. And when you're raising toddlers, I mean, you're just, I mean, it's hard to realize, I, you know, I'm not in control here and I have to figure out what's going on or who it is that I need to focus on. And that's God. I mean, for me, that was God. And, and he came into my life at a time where I was just very angry. I didn't like who I was. Um, my life was out of control and I didn't know what else to do. And honestly, there was this one fateful moment where my two and a half year old was just trying to potty train. And I was in the process of feeding his one month old little brother. And he decided, well, you know, this is pretty and I'm going to paint with, uh, you know, what just happened. And, and I'm like, 
I was by myself and I, I, I remember going into that bathroom and seeing the mess everywhere. And it, for some reason, it just triggered me and I got so angry and I wanted to shove my son's underwear in his face. Like he was a dog, which is, mm. oh, every time I tell the story, it's every time I think it, it's a horrible thing to admit to. And I sat there and when I went to go do it, it was like, truly, I mean, I didn't really know God at this moment. I hadn't had that kind of, you know, I mean, I'd been to church, I had done all of those things, but I really wasn't there. And in that moment, my little boy was looking at me and something just stopped me. And I thought, who am I? Like, what is happening? And I just remember crying out and just saying, Jesus, help me. And uh, after cleaning him up, after making sure my one month old was fed and cleaned up, that's when I went on the floor and cried out to God and said, you know, I don't want to be this person. I don't want to live this life. I don't want to live this life. If you have something for my life, then do something with it. And that is when I truly know that he came into my life and that I felt him and that I knew him and that I knew that in order to have that control, I needed to seek him and to look to him to have that control. And that's how it started for me. Absolutely. It's, I think the hardest thing about doing that is, well, I guess, let me ask you this. Why is it so hard to acknowledge that we're not in control or we have to let it go? <laughs> because we're human, right? <laughs> I mean, even though this, like I said, that was 20 years ago. I mean, this is a journey. I've had many moments where I'm like, I take that control back. And even though God is walking with me every day, you know, as humans, we, we tend to think, you know, no, I've got this, I can do this, or maybe God's taking too long, or, you know, why in the world would he allow this to happen to me? Um, there's all kinds of, you know, things that it's so hard to give that trust over um, to somebody else, let alone, God who, you know, we can't necessarily see, but when we do, when we work on that, and that's kind of what I go through in the book is this very step-by-step elementary process of just getting to a place of knowing him and trying to find that trust so that we can, you know, have that ultimate control. But I think honestly, the answer to your question is because we're just, we're human. And we want to feel like that we're in control of something. <laughs> no, I definitely relate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, through reading your book, I was drawn to the dedication page. And I know this sounds really strange, but in there you wrote, you know, we're not victims. We're not survivors. We are thrivers. Mm-hmm. So what do you mean by that? And why is that important to realize? It's, oh, it's so important, especially as those that have gone through some major trauma or just traumatic experiences in their life. You know, there's the three part uh, kind of act, you know, um, way of how we are, you know, you can be a victim of the circumstance, whenever, whatever happens to you, whether it be abuse, whether it be sickness, illness, betrayal, you're, you're victimized by that. Uh, No doubt we are, you know, we have that moment and we can stay in that moment to where we're stuck and it's, oh, my life is horrible and it's because of this or it's because of you or it's because of that situation. 
or you can, and we have, you know, you have a good few days or however long that you could be there, but at some point in order to really live, you need to move forward. And then the next step is surviving. You have survived it. You've maybe gone to therapy, you worked through it. And then this is where sometimes people get stuck and they think, oh, I'm good. I'm going to push that aside. Mm -hmm. It's not bothering me anymore. I don't want to deal with it anymore. And that's okay. Sometimes, especially, you know, I work with a lot of sexual abuse survivors and there are times that we need to walk away from it for a while and be able to just live a normal life, you know, a quote unquote normal life. But then as you keep going, you realize that's still triggering me or I have triggers and I don't even what, or what's happening. I'm smelling something and I'm having this feeling and I'm getting mad and angry or somebody touched me a certain way or somebody said something. And then it causes you to respond or when you're growing, you know, you're bringing up your kids and, and you realize that in the way that you're dealing with them, it's, it, you don't know why you're reacting to them a certain way. Those are all the things that the reason why you have to keep working on your healing journey. So thriving is when you keep going. And when you say, I'm going to take control of my life to recognize that I'm worth this process, even though it's painful to get through it, because sometimes that pain is what causes people to stop. But when you can work through that pain and realize that God gave you that courage, God gave you that strength that you actually have the gifts and the talents needed to move forward and beyond thriving is living in that thriving is living in the life that God intended you to have and to be. Okay. Now in your book, you have a lot of scripture passages in the book and you talk about a lot about Ephesians chapter five. Why is the book of Ephesians so important to you? I love this. I mean, book of Ephesians is wonderful first of all, but this particular chapter, um, I came back from a speaking engagement in Sydney, Australia, of all places. And, and I, I kept hearing, I, you know, when I was over there, there was a lot of scandal going on uh, within the Catholic Church in regards to, you know, the priest abuse. And um, it just troubled me. It just troubled me in regards to all of us that have been abused and maybe didn't get the help we needed or weren't able to speak out. And I really wanted to be able to do something about that. And I remember being able to not sleep and I kept hearing awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. And it just over and over and over my head to where I had to wake up and write it down. That next morning when I woke up and literally opened my Bible, I wouldn't, I didn't know where to find it. I didn't know it was Ephesians 5, 14. I went and opened up the Bible and there it was right there. And so I started reading before and after And that's what it really hit me because before that passage, it goes on to say, and I probably won't be able to quote it. I can get to my book, but, um, you know, don't, don't partake in empty arguments, uh, for the wrath of God is coming upon those that are disobedient. So, you know, don't let yourself be taken up by those that have done these things to you or what trauma has caused all these lies saying you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. And then it says, you know, rather part of fruitless works of darkness rather expose them for once they are exposed god will give you light it is mostly mainly circumstance was you didn't ask for this to happen to you um 
that is between them and God. That was a decision that they made. You know, God was there with you protecting your ability to love. Unfortunately, that was their free will choice. And we could probably go on and on about all that. But the biggest thing to me is God saying, don't stay in that darkness with them. This is not meant to be yours. Expose it, get it out, know your truth, live as, as children of light, as he says in these passages. And that's what I go in into the book is how do we do that? How do we get out that ugly? How do we expose all of that into the light and truly get back to who God created us to be? Self-confidence can be really low for someone who's gone through trauma. How can a survivor's self-confidence be restored when they're feeling so broken? That is such a good question because I've, definitely have lived through that um, in many aspects, you know, before I met God in the beginning of, in my late twenties. And then even after, even after I was, you know, called to speak because people wanted to hear my story and I'm still a survivor or thriver of this abuse. So I still struggled with that thought of, well, I'm not as good as these other people that are speaking or why would anybody want to listen to my story or why is it that I think that I, you know, am good enough to, you know, to be heard. Um, I I want in answering your question, I first just want to speak to those that have these lies that they're struggling with, that they choke on the fact that, you know, you know, I don't have a right or um, you know, do I have that ability to say yes or no to somebody? Um, am I ever able to be able to love myself? Because if I do this for myself, then it's considered selfish or it's considered, you know, not good. And I just want you to know that that's not from God, you know? Um, so in order to really get a hold of that confidence, it's about, going through this process that I'm offering in the book and recognizing what your truth is as simple as it is lies, you know, mine might not be yours. Yours might be something different. Um, And then you turn around and I have you write out, what are your simple facts? If you're a parent, you know, you have whatever, how many beautiful kids, you've graduated from high school, you've graduated from college, you know, whatever it may be, but the simple facts that you are a good person, you have done good things. And let's focus on that and not focus on these lies that have kept you in the dark for so long. And you start building up your confidence as you start learning how to love yourself. Okay. Now in chapter seven, at the end of it, you you talk about how God can bring greater good from every situation. How can that understanding be helpful for those that have experienced uh, trauma? It's so hard when they're in the midst of it. Um, I do understand this. And and I remember one time speaking a while back and, and making the comment that I'm grateful for everything that I've been through, even all the abuse at such a young age. And the reason why is because I have allowed God to use that in me to create who I am today, to allow me to be this author and to be the founder of Hopeful Hearts and to help others and to bring them forward, to be that voice, you know, and to share my, I mean, the deep details of my ugly where 
maybe not everybody else wants to share theirs, but you know, that they can at least know that they're not alone. Um, I think that's probably the most important aspect of this is knowing that God will always bring a greater good. You know, God is of peace and love. And when there's anxiety and anger and frustration or any of the ugly, that is not of God. And so in all of these circumstances, even if it's something that maybe isn't as, you know, like abuse, I I go back to illness because I, you know, I'm a cancer survivor, actually still kind of going through it right now. And I know what that can feel like, you know, um, how can God bring good from this when I'm, I feel like my life is over or I feel stuck within this illness, but it's how we choose to say, how am I going to react in this? How am I going to respond? And what kind of example am I going to be around to those around me? You know, not just your kids, not just your spouse, but what about the nurses? What about the doctors? What about, you know, everybody else? We have that choice to decide, am I going to be angry? Am I going to be bitter? Am I going to be frustrated? Or am I going to say, okay, Lord, you're bringing me to this. I know you're going to bring me through this. There is, he will always bring a greater good to the other side. Amen. Always. So keep that hope, everyone. It will happen. Um, What has been the feedback that you've received from the book so far? Um, It's been a beautiful thing, you know, for me, because all of these books, they always go back into helping survivors. And so um, I've probably, I did a book study and I did it online. I did a Zoom book study and, and it could be possible if I can finally get moved into my house that I would do another one and get settled. And because what the beautiful thing is, is for to hear everybody come back and say, you have finally allowed me to realize that it's okay to say, what do I want? That's something I talk about in the book is just getting to a place where you love yourself enough to say, what do I want? And then how do I get there? And I have, I wait, I actually have a right to get there and to do that and to see that freedom in their faces, you know, just on the group that I had on the zoom call um, has been amazing. And to ha- and hear people say, this has really helped me overcome uh, something that I was stuck on. Um, I had one other person say that she was truly using it, you know, with her therapist. Um, I walked through it uh, with one client back actually before it was officially published. And, um, she went from being very much like, I know I'm going to die. I know I'm sick. Like that was her kind of issue. She had already gone through an illness and she just couldn't get past the fact that maybe she would get another one or that she would have to go through all that again. In the end, she was then attending her churches, um, like a prayer group, a Bible study. Uh, she had found this support system. She had recognized so much about herself and her own strength by the end of the book that she was like, I couldn't go back to who I was before, which is, that's my purpose. That's the point. Now you're, let's talk about your ministry for a second. You have a 501 C three, um, hopeful hearts ministry. Can you tell us a little about your ministry and what you do? Absolutely. So we're nine and a half years in, we'll celebrate 10 years, January of 2022. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, we're fully donor funded 501 C three. 
we aid in the long-term recovery of survivors of abuse. Um, another little tagline we do is uh, we give a voice to survivors of abuse. So we work with women and men, um, mainly in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and even on up. Um, I have worked with younger, but I just don't work with children. And for that being that they're just not ready yet to truly overcome. I'm trying to help people work through and go on this healing journey and, and come out of it. Now, a big aspect of what we do is education like this mm -hmm. to try to help prevent child abuse or try to help, you know, maybe the next generation recognize what that is so that it can be stopped or talked about. Um, so that is an aspect of what we do with Hopeful Hearts Ministry. We also help other programs. We do one-on-one peer support. Um, that's a big aspect of what we do. We do empowerment programs that we have online or on our Facebook with Hopeful Hearts Ministry. Um, but we help other programs as well. We're actually in the process on our website of updating our resources to include all of those other wonderful programs across the United States that also help survivors of abuse that might have different, you know, whether it be human trafficking or, you know, domestic violence, you know, whatever it is that their specific niche is. We want to put them out there, but we offer maybe, you know, online classes for them or support for their groups that come to them as well. Okay. Shannon, where can our listeners pick up your book? Well, right now it's just on Amazon. So you can find it um, on Amazon on, um, in a, you know, in paperback or even in, um, what is it? Kindle. So just find it under Shannon McGraw, Reclaimed. And then I have my other two books. They're under Shannon Dietz, I will say, but it's exposed and redeemed. But I have an author page if you want to go to that. Great. Now, Shannon, do you have any words of wisdom for those out there before I let you go that maybe are, they hear this and they're wondering what to do next? Mm -hmm. First and foremost, I am so sorry um, for anything that you may have gone through. I mean, maybe some of you are watching or listening that, um, you know, you're in, you're in something heavy right now, or you've had memories come back from something that happened 30 years ago, and you don't know how to rectify it. You don't know what to do with that. And so I would just want you to know that you're not alone, that you're not crazy. Um, I know that that thought went through my mind. Maybe I'm just crazy. Maybe I'm making this up. You know, um, I shouldn't be dealing, you know, I don't have time to deal with this, but you do or you do have time, please know this because you are worth it. You are worthy. And for you to be able to be the best version of yourself um, and to be that best mom or that best dad and, and to support your spouse and to support your kids and your friends and your family, you have to care for yourself first. You are worth it. And that's kind of what I want to leave you with is you're worth taking the time to go through this process and know it will not be easy because it will bring up pain and frustration, but you will work through that to the other side to where God brings a greater good from it all. Great. Well, Shannon, thank you for taking some time to join me on the program today. I really appreciate it. Congratulations on, on the book. Thanks. And, um, I look forward to hearing more great things about it. Thanks for joining. Oh, thank you so much. I'm grateful for this opportunity. Thank oh. you.